You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 126, Feng Shui Botanical Art with Maria Ramsey. Welcome to episode 126 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. So this episode is, I guess a lot of episodes are special, but this is also a special episode because we have Maria Ramsey with us, who is the monkey to our rat and dragon, if you know what that means. (laughs) But she is part of our team and we couldn't do all the things that we do without her. So we're really delighted to have her here. I'm excited to be here. Hi. Hi. Yeah. And today, Maria, we're going to talk about the stuff that you like to do when you're not um, making our lives easier and uh, helping us (laughs) with mindful design feng shui, you do your own thing. You have your own um, business and your own um, artistic practice. Um, So I'm going to do a little little intro for it. So Maria is the uh, creator, Maria Ramsey is the creator of the Philosopher's Stem. And she is an artist and a trained musician, a poet, a floral designer, and has been drawing since she could hold a pencil. She is also a certified BTB feng shui practitioner, a home herbalist, a permaculturist, um, and uses those to see and inform her on different aspects of life. So uh, welcome, Maria. And obviously she's also, and we're super proud about this because when she was a BTB feng shui practitioner, she is one of the graduates of our program. So welcome Maria. We're again, we're happy to have you here and it's fun to have you on this side of the, of the, um, you know, the side people can see you and not the background and not behind the scenes, your front scene now. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So we're going to talk about feng shui and botanical, feng shui botanical art, because your passion, well, is art, um, but also you have such a great background and knowledge in herbalism and in plants and in botanicals. So I thought, why don't we start with you talking a little bit about your business, the philosopher's stem, and then tell us a little bit about, you know, botanicals and we'll just have a little convo about that. Yeah. Well, I've always been really interested in plants from a lot of different aspects. And like you said, I'm an herbalist. I'm also a florist. And something that really stood out to me when I was studying feng shui is that a lot of it is really about intention. And I think that's something that plants and feng shui have in common that really kind of inspired me to start the philosopher's stem is that plants can support our intentions kind of in the same way or a similar way that feng shui can support our intentions. And in particular, botanical art, which is what I do, a lot of feng shui inspired botanical art can be a way to visually remind us of our intentions in our home 
while also creating more beauty in our homes, which is something else that's really important to me. Can you just, can you explain to me a little bit, like, I think I know what botanical art is, um, but, and we've probably all seen it, but what would you, how would you describe botanical art as opposed to just regular pictures of flowers or paintings of flowers? To me, it really just means drawings or paintings of plants. For me, what I do is drawings of flowers. I do a lot of bouquet illustrations and then also herbal inspired artwork. So I do a lot of drawings of herbs um, based on my studies as an herbalist. Mm -hmm. So that's how I define botanical art. Yeah, and I always see them as like they they take I mean just when I when you look at old images and drawings of botanicals you know because as a method of study you know sometimes when they um when they when you study they're almost very um um educational like you look they're they're very detailed they're very accurate and then there's also this they isolate them in this space like you can really capture the moment of the flower and I really the essence the, that's the word I'm looking for the essence of the flower or the herb um and so that you can you know get the, a real sense of what that plant herb flower etc cetera, etc cetera, is about and I and they also as you said they look so beautiful they print like they make such beautiful prints and they look so lovely you know when you display them so do you draw all of, you draw all of them, right? Explain that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said about capturing the essence of plants too. Cause that's something that was another big inspiration to starting this business too. And to doing botanical art is something that I love about making botanical art and drawing plants is that you can capture the essence of a plant because they are such fleeting things. That's something that I really noticed working as a florist you put in all this work with these fresh materials, but then they wilt in a day or two, which I used to have a hard time with because it was a lot of effort to make this beautiful thing and it didn't last for very long. But I've come to really appreciate how ephemeral plants and flowers are and just appreciate the life cycles of them more. And that's something that plants have in common with feng shui too. We talk a lot about cycles of nature so I really appreciate being able to capture plants at their, at their most beautiful, being able to capture their essence kind of energetically and visually in a piece of art. And, you know, one thing I love about the philosopher's stem and Maria's approach to creating these, but in like intentional and in, intentionally inspired botanical pieces of art is that um, like I've studied Tonka painting and there's a lot of precedent and history for um, looking at the actual, actually having the art is as powerful as having the flower or the herb. And it still, it can have those, those healing properties. Like for instance, in Buddhist Tonka paintings, like, like with the medicine Buddha, there can often be around you can select or the artist can select herbs that will heal your family's like ailments or heal whatever you need healing. So by intentionally selecting to paint or to commission a painting of a particular plant that 
supports your healing process is just as powerful as consuming the actual botanical. So there's so much power and, and um, precedent for it. So I think it's really wonderful. And plus you, like you have these really fun, like Instagram posts where you talk about like, this is what the herb is for. And this is like your, your drawing of it. And then, and then how it can tie into feng shui because you have all that wisdom as well. Yeah. Um, okay. I wanted to, I want to tie it in like a little bit about feng shui and the botanical art, because you are, as you mentioned, you know, you're using intention, you're being mindful about it. And I've always said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm an artist too. I paint, I don't do, I don't do um, the kind of drawings you do. I mean, mine's more abstract and bigger scale painting stuff. And I don't do it with feng shui in mind. So it just shows you that, you know, it is all about intention. You know, you can specifically start to create imagery, drawings, um, beautiful um, floral paintings with um, specific feng shui intentions in mind. Um, because when you create something, you know, you're literally, you're creating something. I mean, there's a whole create, the creative act itself is so powerful. And as an artist, and when artists, they put themselves and their own creativity into something. And I think that that in itself is, um, it, it really, it's almost when you do a, um, a feng shui adjustment and you use, you know, what we, what we call the three secret reinforcement, you know, the, when we use the, um, uh, the three secret reinforcements, um, that we use, it's a way of sealing in this intention. And I think when an artist creates a piece, it's, it's almost like that's built in. So I really love this. So I want mm -hmm. you to tell me a bit about, or us, Angie and I, she's here, about how how you would use your art with specifically with feng shui. Like what 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 came to mind when you started creating these pieces? Mm -hmm. Well, and before I get into that too, I would say going back to what Angie was saying and what you were just saying with the three secrets too. Um, there is a lot of power, I think, in the energetic side of plants, which is why it can be powerful for an artist to put intention into this piece of artwork or why it's powerful to have a piece of art with a certain plant hanging in your home. And that's something that I think I really got from mindful design school studying feng shui. I really got more interested in the energetic side of herbalism that I was studying and just really realizing how much we can work with plants without taking them internally. I've had really powerful experiences, just meditating with plants, drawing plants, having pictures of plants in my home. So it can be really powerful. And one of the ways that I like to work with botanical art in regards to feng shui is there are a lot of connections between the plants that I have learned about, the plants that I work with and know well, and different feng shui tools that we use, for example, the bagua. So I have made some drawings that are specifically aligned with certain aspects of the bagua. For example, I did a, a drawing of dandelion that for me is really aligned with the concept of jun, that new beginnings, yang, wood energy that feels very aligned with dandelion to me. So 
one way of working with botanical art and feng shui together would be to put a picture of dandelion maybe in that part of your home or some other part of your home that you feel could use that that young wood new beginnings energy yeah and as you said like when you pick these um and we know because we've seen these uh you because the bagua and the because each of the guas has so many layers and so many nuances and you know thing everything from color to organs to times of the you know of the year to seasons all that stuff it 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 works botanicals just are make sense because again we're going back to nature we're going back to cycle cyclical you know, um, yin, the cycle of yin and yang, essentially, like how it goes around. And, and you know, dandelions, as you mentioned, are, are, are spring, right? They're springtime. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're the first, like, I mean, they're not the first first, but they're one of the first flowers that you see, right? And they're, they're quite early. They come out um, and, um, and they have, they're like little, little, um, little sunshines. And then all, all the properties that they have, which, you know, m way better than I do, obviously, um, from an herbalist standpoint, um, I know you, you looked into that and they layer on into the, can they connect with the guas too? So I, it's really, this is the beauty of, uh, feng shui because it has, um, especially when we're talking about the bagua, it has so many, so many nuances and so many layers and so many symbols. It's, it's just, it's endless really. And that's what really inspired me to get into this in the first place. As you both know, for my final project, I did something very similar where I did botanical art based on the Bagua and based on herbalism. And I think the first kind of connection that I made that started this whole process was between Hawthorne and Lee, the Lee area of the Bagua, which is about fame and recognition. But like you said, there are so many layers. So Lee is also connected to the heart and the eyes, I believe, and also fire, which is connected to red and triangles. And a hawthorn plant has these triangular shaped thorns. It has kind of a reddish, well, it has red berries and also kind of a reddish hint to its leaves sometimes as well. And it's used often as a heart tonic. So there are just so many connections on so many levels. Um, and I like the idea, sometimes when we're looking for adjustments to do and to activate a gua, um, you, we do say use art, but this is a way of using art that's been made, that's been created with this intention, but also, you know, it's been, it's, it's got that kind of deeper essence and deeper um, intention behind it. So I really like that. So, um, okay, can you, um, Tell us a little bit about, I want to get, I want to talk to you a little bit about your business, but also like you're starting a new podcast. Isn't that right? I Do am. Talk about that? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm cool. starting a podcast with a fellow mindful design graduate, which is exciting who you both know, Gloria. And we are talking all about feng shui and plants. She does a lot of stuff around gardening. She works in real estate and has for a while and has been getting really into gardening and pollinator plants. And we've just been talking about what we've been learning, me from an herbalist perspective and her from a gardening perspective. And again, there are just so many connections between feng shui and gardening and plants and herbalism. So I think it will be really fun. 
And um, yeah, I mean, it's really energy. It's talking about energy, right? Flowers, energy. Yes. Herbs. And it's just, you know, again, you could talk about one plant for like an episode. What's the name of your podcast? Yeah, exactly. We don't know yet. (laughs) Uh, Okay. We're still working on it. I'm by the time <laughs> I was laughing, by the time we, uh, we get this going up that we'll, I'm sure we'll have a little link for it. So, uh, yes, it's all right. yeah, yes. I can I'm sure Maria in will include notes. that when she does all of our show notes for <laughs> this. Exactly. Cause, uh, Cause Maria does uh, all of the background stuff for us. Yes, um, I can do that behind the scenes person. Um, okay. So I'm, can I ask one, okay. If I were to, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if I were looking to activate my career, what botanicals would you think about? So my path in life, my purpose, that kind of stuff, what botanical would you, would you think of? One that comes to me is linden, which is a really beautiful tree. And one that I like to just sit and meditate under. If you have Mm. access to a linden tree, that's a really wonderful way to connect with it. And the reason I think of linden is because it has a lot of watery qualities similar to Khan or the career path in life area of the Bagua. And it also can be helpful for kind of finding our selves, like connecting with ourselves and feeling a sense of belonging, which I think is very related to that concept of path in life. It's like, where do we kind of fit into the world? Where do we feel like we belong? So I think Linden is a great one. Yeah, you actually, you know, our feng shui mentor, Stephen Post, lives on a street call. I think it's he lives on like Linden Place. He has a home on Linden Place with Linden trees. And he always loves to talk about the Linden um, plant. You should meet the Linden uh, tree. You should meet him one day because. Yeah, he, that sounds lovely. Yeah, he loves talking about trees. He actually taught us in when we, uh, when we were studying, he taught us how to talk to trees mm-hmm. and he's very much in t- connected to trees and botanicals, but especially trees, um, that ancient, you know, there's so much ancient old wisdom with trees. That's very true. Cause they've been around for so long. So trees, I think, especially out of all plants have so much ancient wisdom, like you said, they're almost like grandmotherly, grandfatherly figures. And they connect heaven and earth, right? In a way, like they have the roots that go into mm-hmm. the ground and then the leaves that reach up to the sky. So there's a real power there of the you know, tree of life imagery and as above, so below all that. So yeah, there's yeah, a real power to them. Exactly. So for our final question, since this is going to air right around the summer solstice, would you have um, like a botanical recommendation to like find a flat, like find this flower or, or herb or print out a picture or, or go on your website and, and purchase a print of something that, ha- that embodies summer? Yeah, I really think of sunshine for summer solstice because it is that longest day of sunlight. So I would look for plants that have a sunshiny kind of energy. So that could be calendula, which I do have a print of on my website, or it could be 
even going back to dandelion, dandelion has a really sunny presence too, just in its flower or a daisy or something else that has yellow or that kind of radiating type of energy. Plants also communicate to us a lot just in the way that they appear and the way that they grow. So there's a lot that you can intuit about a plant's energetics just by paying attention to them. Yeah. What's, isn't, there's like a term for that. Yes. Now I'm blanking on it, of course, because we're talking about it, but there is. Like for instance, like the kidney is like shaped like, uh, right. like kidney beans. It's the, what is that called? Do you know, Laura? No, all I'm thinking of is onomatopoeia, but that's Doctrine of Signatures. It. That's what it oh, is. There you Doctrine go. of yeah. Signatures, yes. Right, yeah, so it's we, like and the plants, the- I was just gonna say the plants communicate a lot to us in just how they look. So like you were saying, if a plant maybe is shaped like, a lung, like its leaf is shaped like a lung, it might have an affinity to the lungs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, and I, and by the way, I love calendula. Like I, I often bathe with calendula because it's um, very, it's always something that I get recommended to me. So it's really, mm-hmm. uh, I have some an affinity for it. Cause it's also, it really lifts your chi too, like calendula with orange a few drops of orange essential oil, not too much orange essential oil in the bath because I've done that. And that was bad. (laughs) I got like a skin burn. It was like horrible. And someone was coming over to my home to film like, and I was like, my back was burning. And I was like, "Ah." (laughs) that's um, not good. Yeah. But then the calendula can soothe your burns. Yeah, I was to some extent. (laughs) <laughs> well, that particular bath I didn't do with calendula, but yes, I uh, often um, be like, or create a infusion with calendula and then bathe in that with, with salt and yeah. But, um, well, I guess we should lovely. get some calendula for this to celebrate the summer solstice marigolds, right? They're basically marigolds. Marigold, yeah. Marigolds. Yeah. I love those. Sunflowers so might be a little early for sunflowers, but any of those flowers that kind of look like the sun oh sunflowers yes well maria it's been so delightful having you (laughs) it's been delightful being on here with you thank you for having me thanks maria and i and um so everyone should definitely check out the show notes and check out a blog we'll have a blog connected to this and maybe we can highlight some of your illustrations that relate to the summer solstice or other ones that you talked about on this podcast. And I have to recommend that you keep Maria's um, website available to you around the holidays as well. Cause every <laughs> year she creates this botanical calendar, which is one of the best. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to give as a gift. It's really beautiful, but it's also so useful and it's really a great gift. So you can buy a bunch of them and and I um, love giving them as gifts. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad. Great. So thank you, Maria. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. And if you like our podcast, please share it with others. You can um, subscribe and you can even leave a review. 
You can also sign up for our mailing list if you go to mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll to the bottom. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, you can visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living at holisticspaces.com. You can also support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. Happy summer solstice, and we will see you next week.